is it a new topic? It's something I have started, but I want to dwell. I've, we started on honoring God with your first fruit. And um, this morning, I want to dwell mostly on the blessing of the first fruit. I'm aware that mommy started it. Was that last Sunday? Was that last Sunday? I was, I was away for ministry engagement in Lagos. So, I will just do what I want to do. If I repeat the things she has said, then it is called repetition for emphasis. You know, Jesus will say, verily, verily, two verilies to emphasize the matter. If I say new things, to God be the glory. But the important thing is to give everyone understanding. And not, on, and not just understanding, faith also. Why do we do these things? Why do we teach these things? Because Jesus said to, Jesus said to the woman he met by the well of Samaria. He said, you worship, you know not what you worship. We're not just teaching these things so that people can give their first fruit. One of the things I have learned is that the word of God convinces those who are of God. So it's not what I teach or what I don't teach that will make who does not want to give to give. But we teach these things, number one, so that those that are doing it, because it's an act of worship to God, will know what they are doing. It's not good for you to be among those Jesus who say, ye worship, ye know not what ye worship. You should know what you worship. You should know what you're doing. Say amen to that. Amen. Number two, we teach these things so that there can be faith in what you're doing. Faith cometh by hearing. Hearing by the word of God. One man of God said that hearing means hear and ring. You hear and hear and hear until it begins to ring in your heart. That's when faith enters. And you know that anything that is not done in faith is sin before God. Even if somebody gives first fruit but does not believe what God said about first fruit, maybe the person just gives it because, because what would be the reason now? Uh, because they say if you don't give, you are dishonoring God. Let me just give so that you know be that I'm dishonoring God. Well, if there is no faith in it, the person will be exonerated from dishonoring God because he gave in order not to dishonor God, but the blessings that follows may not be manifest because there is no faith. So whatever you're doing with God, do it by faith. Do it because you believe. Can I hear you say amen? amen. So that's why we teach these things. So this morning I want to dwell on the blessing of the first fruit because I want, to, I want to show you some things and I also want to use them as prophetic prayers over those who are giving their first fruit. First and foremost, I want you to understand God's mind when he initiated first fruit or when he accepted first fruit because the, the first man to give his first fruit in the Bible, there was, no, there was no scripture proving that God instructed him about it. I don't know how he came about it, but whatever arises in the heart of man and God accepts it and institutes it must be that God was massively impressed by it. And you must get to that realm where there are certain things you do for your God without anybody, without even God telling you to do it. There are certain things every human being does for someone you love dearly without demand. Somebody talk to me. There are, in fact, there are certain things you do for someone you love and you're doing it secretly because you want it to be a pleasant surprise. Some kind of people were calling mommy yesterday and she would say, ah, this person just called me. I say, I, I, I pulled the button. She didn't know when I was telling them, I'll tell them today is my wife's birthday. 
Today is my wife's birthday. One of the one of the biggest men of God in Nigeria. I sent him a text. I said, Today is my wife's birthday, and she has been such a blessing to my life. I want you to just speak a word of prayer. And the man replied, He said, Let the light of God break forth on her and let her continue to shine as she has been shining. In all other prayers, that's the one mommy said the biggest amen. She didn't ask me to do that. I'm doing that because I love her. I prayed for her also. I said to her, I said, may God give you what no man can afford. Why? Because I love her. When you love God, you don't need to be dictated to what you should do for your God. When you love God and God even goes as far as asking you to do something, you should jump at it. You should love it. You should rejoice it. You should count it a blessing, an honor, a privilege. Say amen. amen. Because this God owns the cattle upon a thousand hills. This God owns the silver and the gold. This God owns all the oil, oil reserve in, in Nigeria. He owns the heaven and the earth. He said, if I was hungry, I would not ask you for bread. It is a privilege for mortal man for God to say, I'm instituting tithes, I'm instituting first fruit so that you and I can have a transaction going on. So you and I can partner together. It's an honor. It's a blessing. Am I talking to somebody? I was preparing my offerings this morning and um, I remember that it is businessmen's Thanksgiving. So I wrote a check for my offering. Then something said to me, but you are not a businessman. It doesn't concern you. I say, well, any avenue that blessing can come from, any opportunity to give to God is a blessing. That should be the heart we should have. So, but what is in the mind of God for accepting in the case of Abel or for institutionalizing as he did with the children of Israel and as he's doing with the rest of us, the principle of the first fruits. Praise God. Let me put it this way. It's all about putting God first in your finances. That's all God is looking for. It's all about putting him first in your finances. It's all about showing God that he comes first before everyone and before everything else in your financial priorities. Jesus did not mince words when he said where a man's treasure is, there is his heart also. A son of mine in the ministry came to see me within the week and he was talking to me, he was asking me about a pastor who used to be with us and I said, he's no more here. He said, ah, I've always known that that man is not a pastor. I said, why would you say that? He said, I've told him before that you are not a pastor, you are a businessman. I said, why would you say that? He said, when we opened the CICM WhatsApp group, everybody posts spiritual things, only him posts his products to sell. He said, so I called him one day. I said, are you a pastor, a businessman? <laughs> he said, why are you asking me that kind of question? He said, I told him because where a man's treasure is, there is a status. What you're posting shows us your heart. And the only thing you are posting is what you sell. So you're a businessman. He said, I told him, look, if you are a minister, be a minister. If you are, if you are a businessman, leave this platform, go and do something else somewhere. And that thing struck me very seriously. Where a man's treasure is, there is his heart also. I don't know if I'm talking to anybody. 
So if your heart is in God, then God will be God will come first as you plan the spending of your treasures. This is what this is the major thing about this first fruit. Praise the Lord. And that is why it is called honor. Everybody say with me, honor. Not that God is in need. But God deserves to be honored. He's God Almighty. He made us. He gave us everything. There's nothing you have that God did not give you. In fact, he gave you yourself. Praise the Lord. A few scriptures exemplifies that. Genesis chapter 4. The story of Cain and Abel's offerings. Genesis chapter 4. Verse 1 says, And Adam knew his wife, and she conceived and bare Cain, and said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. And she again bare his brother Abel, and Abel was a keeper of sheep. But Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering. Everybody say an offering unto the Lord. Verse 4. Can we read verse 4 together? And Abel, he also brought of the firstlings. Everybody say firstlings. Everybody say firstlings of his flock and of the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering. But unto Cain and to his offering, he had not respect. And Cain was very wroth, and his countenance fell. And the Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou wroth? And why is thy countenance fallen? If thou doest well, which means you did not do well, shalt thou not be accepted? And if thou doest not well, sin lieth at your door, and unto thee shall his desire. Be God forbid, may that not be your portion, and thou shalt rule over him. Amen. Two people came to offer one offered an offering. God said, No problem. The other one brought what the Bible describes as the firstlings and the fat thereof. A friend of mine describes it this way He said, They both offered, but Cain's offering had no qualifying adjective. And don't forget, it's not that Cain did not offer something. So people who have the idea, must I give first food? So if I don't give first food, every other thing I've been giving, will God not bless me? Well, that's your idea. That's not the Bible idea. God blesses for everything given in faith. But there are particular blessings attached to demanded offerings. Are you with me? Cain just brought an offering. When we were small, before I was born again as little children in the Orthodox Church, when they ask you, why did God reject the offering of Cain? They say because it came from the ground and the ground was caused. It has nothing to do with that. <laughs> the reason God rejected it is that it had no qualifying adjective. He just took anything he liked to come and give God. And some people still do that today. When they say tithes, they just put anything, anything, any, any amount. They say, this is my tithe. I came to tithe. First fruit, okay, just transfer anything to church account. 
It's, it's not tight because you call it tight. It's tight because it's 10% of what you end. If it's not 10% of what you end, it's not tight. It can be night, but not tight. It can be 9.999. Once it's not 10%, you've not paid tight. One man of God says magnified offering. If it is not first, it is not first fruit. Second fruit, third fruit, any other thing you like, call it. But God did not receive and accept and respect Cain because he gave second or third or fourth fruit. Because he gave the first. And not just the first, the fat. The fat. Because also sometimes covetousness makes us, we want to look for excuses to make lean that which we want to give God. Somebody once asked me, say, Pastor, if I earn 250000 a month, but 50000 is dressing allowance, 50000 is transport allowance, 100000 is a medical allowance, another 20000 is what allowance again did he call? Housing allowance. How much is supposed to be my first fruit? I said 250000 He said, ah! Hello? It is not in your interest. It does not bless to desire that what you should give to God should be lean. Because in every giving we do, the principle of he that soweth sparingly shall reap sparingly. He that soweth bountifully shall reap bountifully. If you want bountiful reaping, then be desperate for bountiful sowing. There are some of us, when the thing we want to give is not good enough, we upgrade it to the nearest round figure. Hello? I buy talking to anybody this morning. But Abel was the first person that practiced the principle of first fruit. And the Bible says God had respect unto Abel. May you do something that will make God have respect unto you. Amen. And respect unto his offering. Please, can you check this, this disturbing sound? Can we have quietness? Please. Now, time will fail us. But the Bible describes it this way in the book of Hebrews. The Bible says by faith. Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice by which he obtained witness that he was righteous. God looked at his offering and God said, this man is a righteous man. Do they buy righteousness with money? No. But God knows that there is a level of love and regard in the heart for God that it takes to give certain things, especially when a man was not instructed to do so. The scripture did not stop his testimony there. Number one, he obtained a testimony of righteousness. I believe that a faithful offering of first fruits that is fat can make you obtain the same thing Abel obtained. A testimony of righteousness. So another person is saying, I know this man. He's easily angry. God said, no, he's a righteous man. Huh? God said, no, he's what? 
the righteous man. You say, God, no, but I know him. I saw him yesterday. If you see the anger, God say he is a righteous man. That's my own testimony. And when God says you're righteous, you're righteous. And people should be careful to stop separating giving from righteousness. It's the spirit of covetousness that makes Christians do that. Say the man don't they preach money? If we don't preach money, how can you have money? Faith comes by hearing. Hearing by the word of God. Number two, Abel did not just obtain a witness that he was righteous. And I, I keep saying this. There is something that connects your giving life to your life of righteousness. Look at Jesus. They, 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 after he dealt with the, the, the rich young ruler who could not part with what he had to follow Christ. And the disciples came to him and said, we, we have left all and followed you. What will be our reward? He said, everybody that have left land, house, name all the things he named, and have followed me in this life, shall have a hundredfold in this life, and in the life to come, life eternal. Life eternal. There is a direct connection between your ability to give to God and your ability to make it to heaven. Because inability to give is a proof that your heart is still mundane. It's a proof that your heart is still materialistic. It's a proof that your heart is still tied to the earthly realm. Because that thing that appears too big for you to give to God will not appear too big for you to do it for yourself on this earth. Hello? It is not that righteousness or heaven can be bought with money. But it is that there is a connection between man's heart and where he spends his money. There is no righteousness in stinginess. There is no righteousness in stinginess. Hello? Why could the man, the rich young ruler, why could he not... Jesus said, go sell everything you have, give it to the poor and come and follow me. And the Bible said he was sorrowful because he had much riches. And Jesus turned to the disciples and said, beware of covetousness. So Jesus' own definition of covetousness is loving material things so much that you can't part with it even for Christ's sake. Covetousness is not necessarily having Covetousness is, is measured in the ability to part with. Abraham had so much. Was very rich in silver, in gold, in cattle. He was so rich that he could personally train over 300 soldiers in his own house. And yet he was building tents looking for a city whose builder maker was God. Are we together this morning? So you can have a testimony that you are righteous. And for me, this is number one. For me, this is the best. For me, this is what I long for most in my life. And I must tell you the truth. I, I, have, I have, by the grace of God, grown to a point, and I know some of you have too, and many more should, where you, you are not moved because people say you are righteous. It doesn't worry me. It doesn't excite me that this man says, ah, that man is a holy man. What excites me is when God says it. When God says it, that is what excites me. 
when God says it, because he has the final say. Like the King Godwin was sharing with us. Tell your neighbor, God has the final say. And ladies and gentlemen, if I, how many of you know that the Bible says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever? God does not change. If a man offered of the firstlings and the fat from his product, if I offer the firstling and the fat with the same heart and spirit, I will obtain the same testimony. The second testimony about Abel, the Bible says, so that while he was yet, he was still speaking. While he was dead, sorry. He was still speaking. You know the meaning of that? His ability to offer a more excellent sacrifice encapsulated in his first fruit that was the fatling of it gave him an eternal voice. Gave him a voice beyond the earthly realm. Can I hear you say amen? It left a legacy of righteousness and spiritual influence for him on earth. And the voice of Abel kept speaking until the voice of Jesus, the voice of the blood of Jesus arose. The only painful thing was that he was speaking vengeance against Cain. What do you see in that? Be careful not to hurt a first fruiter. Be careful not to hurt a first fruiter. The Bible said in the book of Jeremiah, Israel was holiness. And the first fruit of God's increase, everyone that devoured him shall offend. I want you to think for a while, if you walk somewhere, if you, if you, do I say if you, if you walk somewhere and you are the boss, amen, or you even own an organization, and every time you pay your workers, one particular person always comes back with a salary of January, and say, Oga, you have been taking too good care of us in this company, and I don't have an earthly father. If I had an earthly father, I would give this to my father. But you are like my father. And I just want to tell you that every January, my salary will return as an honor to you. And he keeps it at your feet and walks away. How would you let somebody hurt that staff in that office? You will give him attention. You will want to know why is he doing this? Where is he going to? What kind of human being is this? I don't know if I'm talking to anybody. God said, hey, Cain, you thought you have succeeded by eliminating your brother because of the favor he has. Now, but you finished yourself because your brother's blood is crying to me from the ground. And he kept crying. He kept crying. God decided to make Cain a fugitive and a vagabond. The blood of Abel did not rest. God decided to curse Cain. The blood of Abel did not rest. God said to Cain, the ground that has opened his mouth to receive your brother's blood is cursing you. Abel kept crying. See how strong the voice of his blood was. He took the voice of the blood of Jesus to calm the blood of Abel down. After Abel, many righteous men had died. Many prophets have been slain. 
none of their blood could tame the blood of Abel. Because he offered the first. Amen. We can go on and on. Time will fail me to read. When you get home, read for yourself. I think we preached from that scripture in January. Hey, guy, chapter 1. God said to the children of Israel, let's read it. Let's read it. Because sometimes some of these assumptions are not helpful. When we assume that people should know, sometimes it doesn't help much. Haggai chapter 1 from verse 3. Then came the word of the Lord by Haggai saying, sorry, by Haggai the prophet saying, Is it time for you, O ye, to dwell in your sealed houses? And this house lie waste. Now therefore thus saith the Lord of hosts, consider your ways, ye have so much and bringing little. May that never be your portion. Ye eat, but ye have not enough. May that not be your portion. I need an amen. Ye drink, but ye are not filled with drink. May that not be your portion. Ye clothe you, but there is none warm. May that not be your portion. And he that earneth wages, earneth wages to put it into a bag with holes. May that never be your portion. Somebody lift your hand and say, I reject that in Jesus' name. Economic leakages and wastages. <laughs> Thus say the Lord of us, consider your ways. Go up to the mountain and bring wood and build a house and I will take pleasure in it and I will be glorified, said the Lord of hosts. Ye look for much and lo, it came to little. May that not be your portion. And when, they, when ye brought it home, I did blow upon it. May that not be your portion. Somebody say, I reject it in Jesus' name. Why? Say yet the Lord of hosts, this is where I'm going to, because of my house that is waste, and ye run every man unto your own house. Every time God keeps emphasizing clearly, I want you to put me first in your finances. It's so serious to him that in the book of Haggai, he had to react when his children were doing stuff for themselves with their finances, but not doing for God. God decided to react. And the reaction manifested in economic leakages, wastages, leaking pockets. They gather, they bring home God, say, I blow it, everything scatter. May that never be your portion. Somebody lift your hand and say, Have mercy, O Lord. Come on, lift your hand and say, Have mercy, O Lord. What is all the quarrel about? I want you to put me first. Put me first. Revelation chapter 1 verse 11. Revelation chapter 1 verse 11. We just take the A part of it. Look at your neighbor and say, God insists on being first in your life, in everything. And listen to me, it is for your good. Ah, did I just talk to somebody? It is for your good, 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 it is for your good. Revelation 1.11 saying, I am Alpha and Omega, the first and the last. God does not want to be second. He wants to be first 
He wants to be last. And that also in your finances. He wants to be first. He wants to be last. A wise man said, if you put God first, God will put you first. Another wise man said, those that put God first will never come last. The challenge some believers have is that when it comes to money, God comes last. For some, when it comes to money, God comes in the middle. Everything first. House rent first. School fees first. Clothes first. Food first. Everything. Even charity to human beings first. Then God comes last. A man of God I respect a lot said, God says, I will either be the first or I will not be there at all. God's mind behind the first fruit offering is to teach his children to put him first. Because anything you put first in your finance is easy to put first in every other thing. Anybody understand what I'm talking about? Anybody understand what I'm talking about? Anything, anybody you put first in your finance, it's easy to put the person first in any other thing. He so wants you to put him first that he wants to come before you. For thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart. This is the first and the great commandment. For thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy strength, with all thy might. And the second is like unto the first. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. So you love God above your neighbor. You love God above yourself. Look at your neighbor and say, that's how he wants it. Oh no, you're not talking. Help me preach. That's how he wants it. And I don't have problem with that. Can I hear you say amen? amen? When someone who knows the road is in your front, you never get lost. Put him first and you never get lost. In the mighty name of Jesus. So beside the blessing of the testimony of righteousness that Abel had, beside the blessing of a voice unto eternity that Abel had, another blessing first fruit brings for you is that it activates angelic protection and favor. Exodus 23, 19. When you honor God with your first fruit, you have touched the key that activates angelic protection and favor. Exodus 23, 19. The first of the first fruits of thy land thou shalt bring into the house of the Lord thy God. Thou shalt bring to where? Thou shalt bring into the house of the Lord thy God. Thou shalt not sit a kid in his mother's milk. Verse 20. Behold, I send an angel before thee. Number one, to keep thee in thy way. That's protection. That's preservation. And to bring thee into the place which I have prepared. That is favor for fulfillment of destiny. Those who squander their first fruit lose this blessing. And listen to me, there are so many things you will need angelic help. Oh God. I said there are so many things you will need angelic help. Some time ago, mommy was having a, a pain in her waist. And we tried some, 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 some prescriptions by the doctor. Tried the, pardon? Ejection abscess, okay, okay. 
We tried some prescriptions by the doctor, rub things, do that. Nothing was happening. I prayed for her. Nothing was happening. And one night she slept and an angel came and started, gave her injection in the place of the injection abscess. And she woke up. It was gone. No, that's the injection abscess. There's the one of waist pain. When the angel came and it was as if there was a bullet and was operating and removing bullet in the dream and she woke up and opened her eyes and waist pain was gone angelic ministry is a reality that's the second one i remember that's the one i remember most it's a reality hello <laughs> angelic ministry is a reality it's a reality it's a reality. I can roll testimonies upon testimonies, both of myself and of people I know, of angelic visitations and ministrations and manifestations. The Bible says, when you give your first fruit, God says, then I will send the angel. Number one, he will keep you. That's protection. Keep protection. And then he will bring you into the place which I have prepared. That is favor that enables you to fulfill destiny. Listen to me. There is a direct link between fulfilling your destiny and honoring God with your first fruit. I don't care how much your first fruit is. I'm praying that it should, it should get to one billion naira. I'm praying that it should get to one billion naira. I'm praying that it should get to one billion naira. I speak faith because I trust God. I'm praying that somebody in this church will prosper to the point where your first income of the year will be up to one billion naira. And you bring it to the church. But what I want to say is I don't care how big or how small it is. The issue is it cannot be compared to your destiny. So why eat it and eat your destiny? Hello? Why eat it? And risk not fulfilling your destiny. God said this. You know, we read many scriptures where God promises so many things that angels can do for us. You understand what I'm saying? He will give his angels charge over you and they will keep you. The angel of the Lord encamped around about those that fear him. Yes, but this is what activates it. This is what makes it start happening. Glory to God. Let me run out of this because of time. So don't forget number one, a divine testimony of righteousness. Number two, a voice unto eternity. Number three, it activates angelic protection and favor. Number four, the Bible says your bands will be filled with plenty. Your presses shall burst out with new wine. Proverbs chapter 3 verses 9 and 10. Proverbs chapter 3 verses 9 and 10. Glory to God in the highest. Your bands shall be filled with plenty. Can you say my bands shall be filled with plenty? Now one of the things we saw, was it in the night, on Friday night? That businessmen, was it on Friday night or on Thursday? Businessmen ought to be doing is to declare God's word over your business. This book of the law will not depart out of your mouth. Why? Speak it. 
confess it proclaim it declare it as you declare you activate glory to God in the highest as you declare you do what you activate by the Bible says honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits first fruits so you can be blessed that you have more than one first fruit of all thy increase how many all 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 don't do some don't do part all you took salary bring the first fruit to the lord you collected house rent or property rentage bring the first fruits to the lord you did a business and profit came in and that's the first profit for the year bring it to the lord somebody gave you a cash gift and that's the first cash gift for the year bring it to the lord all the first fruit god expects you to be so prosperous that you have more than one stream of income so he said bring all all of them verse 10 what's going to happen so shall thy bags that's the way your barn shall be filled with plenty and your presses shall burst out with new wine i've explained this scripture several times so i don't need to dwell on it again one, one word there that interests me is bands. Bands. Because it sounds like banks. <laughs> and in actual sense, what the scripture calls bands here, B-A-R-N-S, is what the bands do, is what your bank account does. So it's the same thing. Your banks shall be filled with plenty. I prophesy that your banks shall be filled with plenty. In the authority of the word of God as you honor him with your first fruit today, I decree that your account will change from red to black. I command that thing that usually make your bank accounts empty to stop in the name of Jesus. I command that delay, that hindrance that usually waits until it's dried up before there's a flow. Let that hindrance be destroyed. Let that delay be removed. Let the flow of financial blessing be so huge and so regular that redness will never find your account anymore. Let your banks be filled with plenty. Let your presses burst out with new wine. God said, I will do it as you honor me with your first fruit. Amen. Amen. Number five. Number five. Are you still here? It gives you protection from experiencing some kind of evil that may even be divinely programmed. <laughs> Jeremiah chapter 2 verse 3. Let's not speak too much grammar. Let the, the scripture speak for himself. Jeremiah chapter 2 and verse 3. Okay, I quoted that scripture before. Israel was holiness unto the Lord. And the first fruits of his increase. All that devore him shall offend. Evil shall come upon them sayeth the Lord. So God said, Israel is my first fruit. Anybody that devoured Israel has offended me. And evil will come upon such persons. Now please let me digress a little bit because this is very important. 
you cannot as a Christian ever want to become so politically correct that you attack Israel. Don't ever do that in your life. You cannot as a Christian want to be so... What, what do I use? That you, you, you take side with the enemies of Israel in the battles in the middle field. The moment you do that, you have declared war against God. And God will fight every such person. Hello? Hello? When the move to impeach Donald Trump was on, I knew it wouldn't work. You may like him, you may not like him. But one reason I knew it wouldn't work is that is one man who stands with Israel. He's not, he's not diplomatic about it. He's very blunt about it. Hello? So, when you come against such a man, there's no way God is going to let you succeed. It's as simple as that. And for many of you who do not know, those impeachments were moved by Illuminati and Islamic world. May Christians learn to take Christian stands, even in political matters. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay, that's a digression. Let's apply it to what we're dealing with now. The simple meaning is when people devour first fruits, they are caught in evil. And this evil is not from Satan. It's from the Lord. And yeah, there's a difference between these two kind of evil. When evil comes from Satan, you rebuke it. You bind it and command it to get out of your house. But when evil comes from the Lord, what can a man do? <laughs> you know why Saul's problem had no cure? The Bible says an evil spirit from the Lord. <laughs> That's why he had no cure. In those days, if an anointed minstrel play, the demon should shift. So they brought David as an anointed psalmist to live in the palace and be playing so that he can, the madness can shift. He can get himself. One day, David was playing. He carried javelin to kill the man. Say, who, who told you I want to be well? You're trying to play for me to be well. Give me javelin, let me kill this guy. <laughs> Hello? The madness went on. When, when David took permission from Jonathan, his son, in order to stay away from the feast where Saul planned to kill him, he carried javelin to kill Jonathan. And he told Jonathan that why I'm wanting to kill David is because I want you to succeed me. Don't you know that as long as the son of Jesse is alive, your throne will not be established? So that's why I want to kill David. So now, why do you want to kill the Jonathan? You want to kill the person for whom sake you wanted to kill? That's a madman. That's a madman. Alamo. But he had no cure. Because the Bible said, an evil spirit from the Lord. Listen to me. I, I have seen things. I have seen things. There are things you cannot say as a pastor. But I have seen things. I have seen cases I bring to God in prayer about people. And God tell me, stay out of it. I, oh, 
God told me I will not answer. Stay out. Is that scriptural? Yes. One day he told the children of Israel, he said, I will so deal with you, even if Daniel and Moses stand before me to intercede, I will not hear them. May God not allow us enter this kind of evil. May God not allow you enter any kind of evil. In the mighty name of Jesus. I can tell you something. I'm never afraid of the evil determined by Satan. I'm not. It's warfare. We'll fight it and we will win. There may be a few scratches as we fight. But winning, we will win. But the evil from the Lord. No, I don't want that. I am scared of that. And the only way to stay away from it. Or at least one major way is honor him with your first fruit. Number four. Oh, number six, sorry. Your first fruit can be a factor in divine acceptance of your service to the Lord. Please, read my lips. I said, it could be a factor. I am not assertive about this, but I saw something that made me think so. Which means, as I serve the Lord, as I do anything for the Lord in the kingdom of God, God waits for the time of first fruit to see what I will do. And then when I can't give that, it's like... And I understand exactly how this works. And some of you would. Have you ever seen somebody who does certain things a lot, trying to do a lot to please you, but fails to do the most important thing you could be pleased with? Come on. You just, it's like all this one they are doing. Hello, like all this one, what's the use? The main thing I want is not yet done, so what's the use of all this? Ezekiel, it could be a very serious factor. Ezekiel chapter 20 verse 40. Let's see what the scripture says there. Amen. Amen. Ezekiel 20 verse 40 for in my holy mountain in the mountain of the height of Israel saith the Lord God there shall all the house of Israel all of them in the land how many serve me they will serve me May all of us in this church serve God. Because there are those who come to church and they serve God. And there are those who come to church and they don't serve God. They serve themselves in the church of God. May we all receive grace to serve him. In the mighty name of Jesus. Dear will I accept them. And dear will I require your offerings and the first fruit of your oblations with all your holy things. God said they will come. Then they will serve me. Then when they serve me there, why they are serving me, I will require. And one of the things I'm going to require is the first fruit. So here is my mathematics. When he requires it in the place of service and I don't give it, what happens to my service? When he requires it in the place of service and I give it, what happens to my service? 
That's why I said it could be a factor in how God accepts your services. Can I hear you say amen? You know, again, the story of the rich young ruler. He wanted to serve Jesus. He wanted to, he went to him, he said, good master, what good thing can I do to inherit life? Jesus said, you know the law, keep it. He said, I have kept it from my youth. And listen, he was not lying. Oh, I said he was not lying. The Bible said, Jesus beheld him and loved him. Which means he was saying the truth. And Jesus said, if you now want to be perfect, one of the, one of the gospels say, one thing thou lackest, Go sell thy goods, give to the poor, and come and follow me. And the man looked and was sad and sorrowful. The service to Christ he was initiating was terminated because he couldn't part with earthly material things. So I can connect that with this scripture. God said, There they will serve me. Then when they serve me, I will require their holy things, I will require their offerings, and I will require their first fruit. Imagine bringing service to God. God said, Thank you for the service you brought. Where's your first fruit? Imagine bringing praise and worship and honor. God said, Wow, wonderful, my son. But where's your first fruit? <laughs> where's your first fruit? And you start saying, um, 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 uh, 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 actually, somebody say once actually has entered, the matter no straight again. Number seven, are you still there? It will cost the blessing to rest in your house. Let me say it again. <laughs> If you heard me, okay, let me say amen first for myself. Amen. I said, giving God your first fruit will cause the blessing to rest in your house. Ezekiel 44 verse 30. Two things are important to me. They are number one, the blessing will come because something cannot rest until it has entered. Worry man say pepper rest. It will cause pepper to rest in your house. <laughs> Not pepper that we chew. Worries, worry kind of pepper. Some time ago, I took some gospel musicians to a program in Abuja. As we entered the church where they were going to sing, I was also going to preach. One and, and, and the backups for, the, for that man were from worry. They say, oh boy, show. You be like saying, I hear pepper rest too. <laughs> So I said, what is that? I didn't know that pepper rest means there's money. Amen. Pepper go rest. Blessing will rest. So number one, blessing will enter. Because it can't rest until it enters. Number two, it will rest. There's a difference between an abiding blessing and visiting blessing. God does not want you to live in the realm of visiting blessing. Where blessing is a visitor in your house. In that realm, blessing only comes once in a while. In that realm, blessing only comes when it is needed. 
when it is summoned, when it is called. But in the realm of resting, that's your life, your house is blessings dwelling place. It stays there. Ezekiel 44 30 and the first of all the first fruits of all things and every oblation of all of every sort of your oblations shall be the priests ye shall also give unto the priest the first of your dough that he may cause the blessing to rest in thy heart First and foremost, God's method of releasing blessing is the priest's mouth. There are two things the mouth of the priest is meant to do in scriptures. Number one, to give the law of God. That is like teaching people God's principles. Then number two, to speak the blessing of God. Say amen to that. That is why when I say something and I'm speaking a blessing, don't take it lightly. Don't take it lightly because that is how God operates. Can I hear you say amen? He said to Moses, on this wise, which means in this way, shall Aaron bless the children of Israel, saying, saying, you want the children of Israel to be blessed? Let Aaron the priest come and say, let him say the Lord bless you. Let him say the Lord keep you. Let him say the Lord lift up his countenance towards you. Let him say the Lord cause his face to shine upon you. And God say, and I will bless them. When Aaron has said that, I will bless them. That's why it is risky in church when I'm speaking blessing, you're keeping quiet. Because amen means I agree. Quietness means I don't know. Hello? That's one of the things I love most about being a pastor. Because my mouth can create. I don't have to have something to give it to you. You didn't hear what I said. I may not be a billionaire, but I can make you a billionaire. That's what the Bible says. Say we are poor, yet we make many rich. How do we make many rich? Open your mouth and say. Let me say what I said again on on thursday i want some people here to become billionaires i want some of our businessmen here to become multi-millionaires not for covetousness but for the kingdom service sake in the mighty name of jesus in the mighty name of jesus may god raise you a multi-millionaire may god raise some of you Billionaires in the mighty name of Jesus, and I am begging God for comfortable billionaires. You know what I mean? I'm not talking about someone that have 1.2 billion. He's a billionaire, but he's not yet comfortable in it. Because the moment he spends 400 million, he has gone out of billionaire realm. Comfortable billionaires. Comfortable billionaires. Comfortable billionaires. Hallelujah to Jesus. May God raise comfortable billionaires comfortable billionaires comfortable billionaires comfortable billionaires comfortable billionaires comfortable billionaires in the mighty name of Jesus so he said when you give the first fruits to the priest then the priest can 
cause the blessing to rest in your house. How does he do that? Talk. And I'm going to talk today. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. When the blessing rests, then it is yours. Amen. Then you don't struggle anymore. Amen. Number eight. When you give God the first fruit, you avoid traps. You avoid snares. Why is it so? Because the first fruit is a holy thing. Read Ezekiel. Let's read Ezekiel 48 verse 14. Ezekiel 48 verse 14. And please let us hold this message dear to our hearts. And understand that every year we are going to be doing this. Every year we honor God with our first fruit. Because that's what the Bible said in the book of Nehemiah. Amen. Ezekiel 48 14. Can we read it together? And they shall not sell of it, neither exchange nor alienate the first fruits of the land, for it is holy unto the Lord. Tell your neighbor, the first fruit is holy unto the Lord. Please say it one more time. Let's read Proverbs chapter 20 verse 25. Proverbs 20 verse 25. As we open that scripture, remember where we are coming from. The first fruit is holy unto the Lord. Is holy unto the Lord. Verse Proverbs 20, 25. Let's read together. One, two, go. It is a snare to the man who devoureth that which is holy and after vows maketh inquiry. We'll talk about vow another day. It is a snare. It is a trap. In my language, is onya. Bra! catch. Afia. What other language? For trap, eh? Teta. Eta. The thing go. Ta! What do they call it in Yoruba? Pampe. <laughs> that one is wicked though. <laughs> the thing will just bow the person then bang, bang, bang. I think that should be the most wicked kind of traps. <laughs> Anybody understand how sir yeah? Eh? What do they call it now, sir? Anybody knows? Okay, I thought somebody knows. So there's no Hausa man in this church. That's not fair. Quota system required that everybody should be represented. <laughs> huh? Somebody is saying it. Your nanny's house, huh? Let him. Yeah, your house manager. Is she not in church? Okay. <laughs> Praise the Lord. What do they call it in the query? Bitter. Bitter. It sounds like bitterness. Thank you very much. Whichever way you look at snare, it doesn't have a fine name. Because it's not a fine situation. And the Bible says, any man who eats up what is holy has entered a trap. And the Bible says, the first fruit is holy. Don't enter into a trap. 
there's no need. Trap makes people struggle. There are some people the trap they are in today is because of the holy thing they ate yesterday. It is my prayer that God will show you mercy today and deliver you from every trap. That amen is too weak for my liking. May God deliver us all from every trap in the mighty name of Jesus. The last blessing but not the least preservation of your rest income. Romans chapter 11 verse 16. When you honor God with your first fruit, the rest of your income becomes sanctified and holy. And because it is sanctified and holy, it becomes God's responsibility to preserve it. For if the first fruit be holy, the lump is also holy. And if the root be holy, so are the branches. If the first fruit be holy, the lump is holy. Every time you bring your first fruit in the year to honor God, you are dedicating the rest of your income for the year into the hand of the Lord. And it becomes a holy income. And a holy income the enemy cannot devour. A holy income is not easy to mess up with. Can I hear you say yes? I pray that this year the rest of your income will be sanctified. The rest of your income will be holy. Those are the kind of things that make people, business partners, wherever they are, if they are holding your money, they cannot sleep. Because they are holding holy things. If they are holding your money, then they themselves will start struggling. Because they've entered a trap. He that devoured that which is holy enters into a snare. It's not only for you as a believer not to devour what you should give to God. It also affects those who you deal with who try to devour your own after your own has been made holy by the offering of first fruit. You actually engage God to fight for your money wherever it is. And God will fight for your money. And God will bring out your money. And God will give you your money. In the mighty name of Jesus. Do you remember how King Ahasuerus could not sleep? Until Mordecai was promoted. So also those who are holding your thing will not sleep. Until they release that which is yours. Rise on your feet everybody. It is a blessing. Give him a clap of praise. Hallelujah. The first fruit offering is not something devised by pastors to make money. It is an injunction of God. It is an ordinance of heaven. Glory to God in the highest.